source for the basketballs. The basketballs. And man, we got we have a a uh, absolute barn burner of a podcast for you. Um, but we also have one coming up that we're trying to like get the wheels turning uh, about all the whack stuff like that is going on, like more of a complete breakdown. We'll talk about it a little bit in today's, like just like some like small little um, things about it, but we want to kind of save it the majority of all the stuff for like a actual longer podcast um, or have its own kind of dedicated podcast so that you don't have to listen to like a three hour podcast about basketball and whack stuff. So anywho, um, Let's talk about UCA games. So I was there in person. My mom actually came and sat with me since Jocelyn wasn't there. Um, how you doing over there, girl? I know. I was trying to hold in that cough. Um, <laughs> I was real annoyed about having to uh, miss another home game. I don't even know when I have missed, like, two in a row. But um, it was funny because, and I already shared this with Alex, but one of my friends... Um, who her mom has season tickets and sits across from where Alex and I sit, uh, text her daughter. And um, so Hannah texts me and was like, uh, mom wants to know if you're okay because she texts me that you've missed two games in a row and she's worried about you. And I was like, yeah, I have COVID. That's why I'm not there. Yeah. So. It is wild. It is wild. I mean, missing one game, is, it happens just because life happens, but then missing two in a row. I, yeah. 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 The people, the general public knew something was amiss. <laughs> yeah. And that's crazy. Cause you know, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that I just, I don't think other people pay attention to crap like that. Cause I'm just, I, cause I don't pay attention to other people like that. I just, I, I stay in my, like, it's almost like blinders. Like I just, you know, whatever. So like when people message us or comment to us or like, say like, where have you been? I haven't seen you. I'm like, <laughs> why are people, like, why are people, I'm sure. I mean, thanks for the concern. Like, we're alive, but... We're kind of a big deal, I guess. That's what I mean. Like, I was trying not to say it that way, but I'm like, I don't want to have such a big head and be like, people notice us. People know who we are, and they notice if we're not there. I guess people do, but I just didn't want to say it that way, because I was like, I didn't want to sound like I had a big-ass, like, ego head, but... No, I was just using the Ron Swanson... I mean, not Ron Swanson. What's his name on Anchorman? Ron Burgundy. There you go. Ron Burgundy quote. Ron Burgundy. Yeah. Um, but hopefully next home game, Jacqueline, fingers crossed. She should be good to go by I know. Then. I'll be I there then. So. Good Lord. But Bless yeah, I was, I was bummed that I missed that one, especially since the uh, band and cheer was back. Because that like yeah, makes so the game. Yeah, and it was also the first game that the majority of the students were back, too. Because I know yeah. there was obviously the Friday game, but that was the first day of classes. And so not all the students were really, like, probably yeah. 100% back yet. Especially those who don't have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. They probably weren't home, you know, back yet. <coughs> um, so there were, you know, a good number of students there. The band, the Roaring Buzzsaw band was back, which I was extremely excited to see. I wasn't expecting that. We walked in the door and I was like, oh, crap, the band. Like, And then as we were walking into the Coliseum, we noticed that there were like cheerleaders walking up too. And I'm like, what the, what? Like, I, I wasn't expecting to see them. But then of course they, but they weren't on the court. Yeah, They were up along the concourse. Oh. 
So they basically spread out along the top of the concourse, almost like at every like little uh, stairwell and basically had, you know, the signs and were cheering and like doing stuff from up there. So kind of weird. Don't, yeah. I, I don't know. If, I mean, if they're going to be there and that's the only way they can be there, then fine, cool, whatever. Um, but it, yeah, it just obviously doesn't have the same effect when they're all the way up there. <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. Well, funny story, because whenever you text me and we're like, oh my gosh, the band is here, I think that was only maybe like 15 minutes before tip-off. Like, it wasn't that, like, it wasn't a long, long time before tip-off, and so I text my dad, and I'm like, hey, are you at the game? Alex said the band's there, and he's like, not yet, and I'm like, hmm, that's weird, because, you know, he's always there super early, like, to watch the pre-warm-up warm-up, so I text mom, and she's like... (laughs) he's about to lose his mind because John Alvin isn't here yet because John Alvin called when he was on his way and said that he forgot his mask. And so he was going to Walmart to buy a mask. And my dad was like, just come to the house. We have extra masks. And so she said that he was like pacing the house (laughs) Like a wild animal, like about to lose. <laughs> like you're caged, <laughs> like a caged animal. Oh, bless Richard. About oh to lose God. his mind because John Allen was going to Walmart to get a mask before he can. Anyway, it was like a whole disaster, but they made it in time. So I, I'm not surprised your dad didn't just say, like, you know what, F it, and just left. And like John, like I'll meet you there, bud. I'll yeah. meet you there. Kind of a thing. They gotta show up together. I know. At that point, I've been like, I love you, but I'm, I'm going to the game. Like, I'll see you yeah. there. Like, bye. You know? You know he was, like, crabby for the first 10 minutes because of that, too. <laughs> oh, of course. Oh, of course. You'd, you'd have a sour <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it, it just cracks me up. And then, of course, we're sitting there, you know, I don't remember if it was, like, first half or second half. And Mom's like, oh, is Jacqueline's dad here? I'm like, oh, yeah. And I pointed to where he, you know, where they were sitting. Like, oh, he's just right up there. She goes, oh, okay, okay. I was just, you know, making sure that he made it. I'm like, he's here. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> and I didn't know that story, so that's even funnier now that you say yeah. that. Um, bless his little heart. Yeah, I need him to wear a little bit more purple because honestly, like I looked over and he was just—he had no purple on. Well, and he has this one, uh, like plaid button-up that he wears that it is Ooh. purple, but it's like not noticeable from a distance. Gotcha. So gotcha. it's not like blaring purple. Yeah, <laughs> he's not—he's not very good about wearing. Yeah. Lots of purple, but anyhow, okay, so I'll give a little <coughs> background on UCA. Um, and I didn't realize, I guess I had forgotten that we had so many more wins than them in our matchups because just like two years ago, they beat the snot out of us. But anyway, right. um, <laughs> matchup history we have 21 wins and only two losses. Um, the largest margin of victory was 109 to 58, which was in 2015. And the smallest margin of victory was in January of 2020. We only won by one point, 77 to 76. Um, our last matchup was in February of 2020, and we won 83 to 68. Um, overall, currently, before coming into that game, UCA was 3 and 8, which doesn't sound super great, but they have played some big people. Uh, yeah, they, they took did. they took L's to Memphis, Little Rock, St. Louis, Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Baylor, um, and they've lost lost to Sam Houston. Uh, their wins have been against Champion Christian, which has to be like a D two or something. 
Um, and then McNeese and UNO. So, uh, lots of losses, but they've played a lot of big people. So I was going to say, I was like, I w- if I was UCA, I wouldn't be too upset about <clears throat> their current overall, just because they did play teams like Baylor, which beat us too. So that's again, no, yeah. no, you know, surprise there. But then again, they've also, they played SEC team, you know, like Ar- and they played uh, Mississippi state, you know, and then they played teams like Ole Miss and, which, I mean, most of those teams obviously aren't known for basketball, but, I mean, still, they're... Still they're a power five school, power yeah. Five. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Totally, totally, totally. So, obviously, we won the game. Yay! We actually won, let's see, what's the point differential? No, it was 95-69, so pretty good cushion win. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. There was uh, a decent attendance there, according to their official... Um, attendance calculator, however they calculate, uh, about 1,089 people. Again, uh, I was there. I mean, I, I, I could believe about 1,000 people were there, maybe. Maybe. That's probably being generous with it, though, to be honest. But there were a lot more people there than the past games. I will say that because the students were back, um, and there was a lot more people in the stands than – the past few games, so I will say that. That's, so that's good. Yeah, yeah. It was a decent game. It felt like it had more, there was more people there, there was more cheering. Um, of course, having Purple Haze back and having, you know, the band back, that really adds to the cheering and adds to the loudness. I mean, even if the community doesn't really show up, at least when the band is there, and then at least if there's like a good, like, contingent of Purple Haze people, students there, um, at least, you know, they'll get some heckling in, they'll get some yelling and cheering yeah. in. So definitely you could feel, and I feel like, again, like the players, they feed off of that. Oh, and yeah. They, do. they talk about it all the time. Like the home environment is always so critical <clears throat> to them at any stage. And so I feel like, again, having them back really helped with their juice on the court for sure. Um, but let's just kind of quickly go over Southland standings as usual. Not much of a change up top. It still is Sam Houston at 4-0 conference. And again, these are all conference uh, standings. Um, Sam Houston 4-0, Abilene Christian 2-0. And of course, we're at 2-0 as well. Um, and the only reason, again, why Abilene Christian is ahead of us in the standings is because they have more overall wins, just because they've played more overall games. It's, it's the same story, different day, you know? Um, Overall, we're six and two. Overall, Abilene Christian is ten and two, and Sam Houston's ten and five. So, again, uh, let's check out you and I. UIW actually, who we're recording on Saturday today, so we're playing UIW tonight, and they're at two and one conference, five and five overall. So they're not horrible at the bottom of the pack, but they are. Um, struggling a little bit this season when it comes to games, but I'm sure we'll sure we'll do fine tonight versus UIW. Um, and then let's see at the very bottom of the pack we have McNeese at zero and three, and they're six and six overall. So yeah, that's surprising yeah. that they're zero and three. Exactly, they're zero and three in conference. I was very shocked to see that. To be honest with you, very very shocked. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, let me just say this. I want McNeese to do well just because I know that they've been struggling with the whole hurricane stuff. And, you know, it's kind of like one of those, what's, what's a, it's kind of like one of those stories, you know, um, 
oh man it's one of those like uplifting hardship stories where they go through so much and then they do well and you know all this stuff but at the same time i don't want them to do well because they did talk a lot of shit um you know what i mean before yeah. Yeah, they had been talking a lot of stuff in the offseason saying, they're like, oh, man, we're coming back with vengeance. and Man, we're going <clears> to <throat> come to the Southland and whoop everybody's type of shit talking. And I'm like, y'all haven't been good like that in years. So I, I, I believe it when I see it type thing. And as you can see, they're 0-3. So obviously they're uh, shit talking and doing them any good. So Yeah, and they had several players who I felt like had really bad attitudes last year when we uh, went and watched them. Yeah. And – their bookkeepers tried to like fudge on our fouls and stuff. Oh, they so, tried. Yeah, they got caught, but they tried. Lots of unsportsmanlike conduct. Just saying. Totally. Oh, totally. Anyhow, okay. Well, I'm gonna launch into Sean Kennedy's stats. Um, our overall field goal percentage for the game was fifty-four point eight. Um, <clears throat> it was pretty consistent first half versus second half. The first half we were at about 52 and the second half about 58. So, um, we were, we were pretty solid there the whole game. Um, three point percentage overall was 33.3%, which is not bad at all. Um, not shabby. It was much better the second half at mm. 42. Um, definitely was better second half. Our free throw percentage, I was happy with 78.3%. Um, And that was pretty consistent. We were at about 82 the first half and 75 the second half. So, um, really good showing on the free throws. Uh, Points in the paint, we had 46. I think that's pretty indicative of our win. That that number is always high whenever we do well. Um, Points off turnovers were really high, 34. Um, Second chance points weren't super high at at 12, but... uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could have done better on that because we did have almost 30 missed shots. Uh, 28, I think, if my math is correct. Anyway, um, fast break points, also very high with 35. Um, <clears throat> I'm betting a lot of the points off turnovers were also fast break points. Um, I was about to say, yeah. So, uh, we were doing well on that. Um, bench points, 46. So, really good showing from the bench players, um, which I'll have more yeah. to say on that later. Our total rebounds were 32. We had only 10 offensive boards and 22 defensive boards. Um, fouls, we had 22. Not bad. Um, turnovers, we only had 10, so I'm happy with that. Uh, Force turnovers, we had 19, um, which I'm kind of surprised as many points off turnovers and fast break points we had that we had less than we forced less than 20 turnovers but anyway um we had 13 steals uh four blocks so for our game leaders um gavin had a double double he had 17 points and 10 rebounds three steals one assist um and then cam was the high point with 21 points three rebounds and one assist which is interesting because neither one of them got player of the game. It was actually Nigel. I was wondering who they game gave player of the game to. Um, yeah, but that second I, I was thinking it would be Gavin because he had the double double and all of that. Uh, 
or him because he obviously was high point, but they gave it to Nigel, which is fine. I'm not, I'm not upset about yeah. it. I, I'll have more to say about that in my uh, feet of strength, but yeah. yeah. I wonder, I would like to know who chooses the player of the game. I would like to know as well. Curious. Um, because anyway, yeah. so that, that segues though into my feats of strength. So my first one was that it was a really big game uh, for Nigel and Nana. Um, Nigel had 12 points, one rebound, one assist, and two steals. Um, so from the field, he was five of seven. So he was shooting 70% from the field. Uh, and his three-pointers, he was two of three, so he was shooting 66% from the three-point line. So, I mean, he was shooting amazing. Um, he did struggle a little on offense, I have to say. Just there was, like, one possession where he passed up, like, two wide-open shots to then try to drive in and drew a chart. I mean, like, he got an offensive foul. Mm. And I was just like, man, you're shooting amazing. Like, just take the shot. So um, I'm hoping that that'll, that game will give him a little more confidence in taking some outside shots because, I mean, that that was awesome field goal percentages uh, that he was putting up. 70% from field, 66 from three-point line. Like, shoot more. Take more shots. Um, Nana had 10 points, six rebounds. So he was cl- damn close to a double-double. Um, he had three steals and a block, um, and just tons of steals and dunks. I, I was so happy. Um, my second feat of, feat of strength was that we, we had a lot of fast break points, um, which, you know, I mentioned that in the stats, but like Nana, Calvin, KJ, Gavin, they all had at least one like steal and a dunk or steal and a layup, um, Super, super awesome. Uh, We only barely had double digits on turnovers. Um, So I was, I was super, super happy. We were only one, one over um, in the double digits on turnovers with 10, but uh, we were in double digits on steals, which is awesome. Um, My fourth point was the energy. Like I've never, ever seen Gavin so animated in a game ever. Like, there were a couple of times where the other, like, UCA called a timeout because we were doing so good. And, I mean, he was just, like, losing his mind with excitement. Like, I've never seen him that animated before. Um, Because, you know, he's usually just very stoic. Uh, And then Keller, I saw Keller tweet or say, like, after the game or something. I can't remember because my brain's mush. But he said something. He said he some- during the post-game presser. Okay. He said somewhere that that was the first time that he really felt the energy from this year's team that he used to feel from Kevon Nate and John. And I could not agree more. Like, that was the first game that I feel like we were really close to matching, like, the hype energy um, that, yeah. that, you know, our favorite three from last year had. So, that was awesome to see. I wish I was there in person for that, but at least I got to watch it, it on well, TV. Yeah, it was it was hyped up for sure. The energy <clears throat> was definitely there. And then my last uh, feat of strength is that everyone got to play. So um, everybody got some time on the court. Almost everyone scored. Um, only Russell and Demir didn't. No, only Russell, Demir, and Charlie didn't score. <laughs> Charlie didn't score. That's kind of surprising. Anyway. But everyone got to play, so I was really happy to see that. So, 
Yeah, I, I was agreed. It was just weird that I, when I noticed that Charlie didn't have any points whatsoever, um, which was just wild. If you played 16 minutes. You only shot once. You got to shoot yeah. more than that, Charlie. Come on, man. Wild, wild. They only got two rebounds, too. I don't know. That's, yeah, I kind of missed that stat, but that's just wild. Um, so on to mine. Um, to be honest, I will say that this, and I said this right after the game was over, too, and I told my mom this, and I was just like, honestly, that was probably one of the best team wins and collaborative wins I have seen this season, and that was probably one of the most complete like wins both sides of the ball offense and defense were probably the best it's been all season you know we've had like random spurts of like good defense in different games and like random spurts of good offense and like I think that just you know obviously it wasn't a perfect win by any means whatsoever (coughs) there's a lot of stuff that they need to work on I mean what else is new but I feel like just the game itself that was that felt more like it how it should be I was just like, that was a good game. Whereas other games I've given like C pluses or C minuses, I would say that was a good, maybe B plus, A minus game, to be fair. You know, there were some things like definitely there, the three point percentage was okay. It wasn't horrible. Um, It got better second half, but like, which is one of my points was uh, that the three game did improve more on the second half uh, to 41%. The first half, it was 26. So it was bad, 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 bad that first half. Um, David, Rati, Cam, Nigel, DeAndre all got in on the three point game and actually were, you know, they were, they were flying um, throughout the game at different points. Each person kind of, you know, got a couple here and there. Um, so that was, that was one, the three point game did improve from the, from the first half to the second half, which I was pleased to see. Hopefully that continues. Um, Nana was my personal player of the game. Cause that was probably the best game I've ever seen from Nana. Like he played so great. Like I am tickled, tickled. And I have to say, so I will say this too. My good friend, uh, Nick Wade, he is the coach at Angelina College basketball, head coach there. And so he actually was at the game on uh, Wednesday. Wednesday. Holy shit. I blanked on that. My days are running together bad. Okay, so yeah, so he was at the game on Wednesday night. He came down, sat with me and mom. And at one point during the game, I forget, Nana had done something. It was like, it was a good play. I forget if he got like a block or... I don't know if it was the steel dunk or the steel block. I don't know. I don't know what sequence it was, but it was a good play from Nana. And I look over to him and he looks at me and he goes, I did not realize how good he's gotten. Like, he's like, because I remember him in high school. Wasn't that great? Yeah, he was very underwhelming. And I'm so glad to have been proven otherwise now. Like, he's been working really hard and it's showing. It, it, that's exactly it. And I was like, yeah, I was like, Nick, he's done. He's improved so much, even from just like the first game of the season to now, you know, from game to game, he just, he's making improvements in different areas. And I am just, again, tickled, tickled. I mean, Nigel, you did great. Gavin did great with your double, double, um, you know, Cam with the 21 points, like beautiful, lovelet. Like, obviously you guys are supposed to be doing that. Well, you're older, you're more experienced. Duh. But when you have a freshman like Nana, who, again, was kind of underwhelming in high school, yeah. he was a whole in high school, but then playing off the bench as well as he had been, 
I'm just, again, if he can continue on this road and this track where he's improving like this every single game, I can only, again, dream and pray that by, like, you know, junior, senior year, Nana is just going to be player of the fucking conference type stuff. Yeah, like, he, it's really, truly amazing because he looks better now playing against like D1 college athletes than he did just one year ago playing against high schoolers. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like he's playing people that are many levels above the people he was playing against when he was in high school. And he looks 10 times better. Like no, he did no, not, right. he did not look that good when he was playing against kids that probably weren't even six foot tall. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's, he had six rebounds. He had a really, really, really nice block. I thought he had two blocks, but I think it was just the one. I could have, maybe he had two. Let me go back and look. Um, uh, he only had one block. You're right. <laughs> but he had three steals. Three yeah, steals. I mean, That's amazing. Maybe he thought the steal was a block for some, okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He played great. It doesn't matter. He played yeah. great. Very, very, very happy about Nana. Um, it, it just, you know, it's just, it's those moments where it's like he stole the ball, he got fouled going up with it, and then made the basket. Like, those are, those are game, like, potentially winning plays down the road that we need to see from people. And the fact that he's already kind of like doing that now is just, is great. Yeah. Um, so first complete one of the season, Nana was my player of the game, loved his, I loved it. Uh, the improved three point game into the second half. And then that huge dunk by Gavin. I know you talked about the energy from Gavin and I totally agree with that. Um, he really brought the juice and it felt like after that big ass dunk, like that's when I was like, Ooh boy, like that felt like last year type stuff. You know, I was like, man, here we go. Here we go. Like this is complete game. I mean, he had his double double with the rebounds and the points. Um, and then it also kind of felt more like press U was back a little bit. Obviously they still need to work on their defense. Um, and I know you're going to mention that in your grievances. Um, and so it was back a little bit. Because obviously the score, we held them to a pretty, you know, again, what was it, like 69? And we had 90-something or other. Um, I don't I don't fact check. I don't remember specific points. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, Presley was back a little bit. They still have some work to do for sure, especially on the zone. I know, like I said, Jack, when you were going to mention that. Um, but it was looking good. It was looking good. All right. Moving on to the airing of grievances. With the airing of grievances, I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about God bless America. <laughs> God bless. Okay, so uh, my airing of grievances, first one is it's not necessarily against Nigel, uh, but Nigel got a T for hanging on the rim. My issue is the fact that there were multiple other dunks after Nigel's T that they hung on the rim and didn't get the T for. Well, so the only thing I have to say about that, because I was really irritated at first, too, but then they, like, played it back, and Rob, like, I was, because I was listening on TV so I could hear what Rob was saying, you know, so I got a little more insight. But, like, when you watch the, which I don't think he did on purpose, but when you watch back the replay, like, when he was coming down, he slapped the backboard, which I don't think was, like, a purposeful thing. Uh. But so that's, you missed that. So you missed stuff in real time. Yeah. You missed that in, in so, real time. You don't have, you don't, you were watching it from home and you could hear Rob. See, we, I didn't see all that. Yeah. And honestly, it was like, you didn't, 
if you weren't focusing on it, you probably wouldn't really notice it just seeing it live. But that's that's what he got the tech for, which I still don't necessarily like. Just for me Agreed. personally, I don't think it's that big of a like issue, but that, that's what he got the tech for, not the hanging. And I agree. I don't think it was that big of an issue. And so now that you say that, I get it. Yeah. still say, though, that there were other people that hung on the rim longer on both teams and didn't get called for it. So I'm just like, okay, all right. Just be a little bit more consistent on – but now that you say that he slapped the back, but still, like, come on, is it really that critical that you get a T for that? Yeah, it's I know that. Pumping. Personally, to me, I don't feel like it's that big of a deal, but that is one of the reasons they'll call tech. So. Yeah, I mean, I get that. It's just I feel like that's super ticky tacky. Yeah. Like always, you know, I, I I could see where he got a tech if it was like, you know, um, like he came down off the rim and was like taunting the other team, right? Or mouthed off to the other team. Or, you know, had, or if it was like a flagrant foul or something where he was throwing elbows or like stuff, like stuff that obviously warrants a foul or a tech. Yeah. But I just don't, you know, that's, anyway, uh, moving on. There were, uh, we only had 10 offensive rebounds. We could have had way more. Um, We missed a lot on the offensive rebound area. And we also missed a lot of the second chance shots as well. Um, my other issue, my other grievance was there was a lot of flopping on UCA. I'm not saying that we've never flopped on SFA's team because we have in the past, like, you know, we have, we have. Um, but last night it was kind of egregious. There was multiple flops from UCA players and they didn't get any sort of a warning or talking to that was official that I saw. I mean, who knows? The official may have like said something to them like, hey guys, like knock it out but didn't officially give any sort of warning. Um, and that wasn't the one that said it. Like, there were a bunch of people actually on social media that after this, like, second or third one, someone said, like, where's the where's the warning? And I mean, not saying that, again, that the refs have, they have to give a warning. They don't have to give a warning, but I, it was just getting a little too much um, from UCA there towards the end of the game. I was like, come on, guys. Come on. No need for that. I mean, you're already losing. Yeah. Why, 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 why? Um, Gavin had, again, he had a double-double, but he also could have earned a lot more. Um, there were a bunch of mu- multiple missed passes into the paint and into the lane that he just completely, like, butterfingered and lost. Um, and I feel like that's just one of his – that's just one thing he needs to work on. I mean, first it was the free throws, and he's been working on that, and he's improved on that. Great. Now we need to also work on the passing. <laughs> Obviously, sometimes it's not his fault. The ball could get knocked away. You know, there's a lot of hands flying down there in the paint, down there in the lane. I get that. But when the ball is thrown directly to you and yeah. you miss it, like, completely, that's a little – that's <laughs> – come on. Come on. Um, and then, if not again, DeAndre had a decent game, but there was one sequence where he literally had the ball – and then it's almost like he just basically handed it and turned it over right into the hands of the UCA guy. And I was just like, what What are we doing? What was that? It, it was just a weird sequence of events where he literally just like got, gave the ball. It almost looked like he just handed it to him. I was like, what, what was that? <laughs> uh, I don't even know. I don't know what happened there. Anyway, but <coughs> some things like that just need to be cleaned up on for sure. Yeah, I think he is still struggling just a little bit with – 
bringing the ball down and stuff. Because I think so too. I think I know so we too. talked about that last game because he can get there. He can get there. Yeah, just... he'll overall do very well, but he will have one or two turnovers that are just like awful. Mm-hmm. Um, no real in between. Okay, so. For my ring of grievances, my first one, I'm going to try to keep it concise because, y'all, I could write, like, a whole thesis on it. But, anyway, so there was one real – there was one very funny comment that Rob made, but I'm going to use that to segue into my airing of grievance. Um, And if y'all ever don't have the chance chance to listen to Rob, you should during a game because he really is just – He is great. So funny. Um – but uh, he said something. The gist of it was Peyton tweeted it because he was watching t- um, on TV too. But the gist of it was like about the referees. And it was like if unless they brought their wives with them, nobody came here to watch them tonight. Something to that effect. It was really funny. I laughed out loud. But like it also segues into my grievance because it's like he said, like people are – and then I guess he heard about all of us talking about it on Twitter. So then he came back like later in the game and mentioned it again and was like, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying like people play to come watch the players, not the referees. And so that's my grievance. Like y'all all pay to come and watch the players. So stop talking about the refs constantly. Like I get so tired of hearing people who all they do is complain about the refs every single game and complain about I'm using big air quotes Southland conference refs because refs don't belong to a conference like oh my gosh I'm so tired of hearing it I'm so tired of it because like the referee's job we I've discussed this before like their main job is to maintain order and safety of the game like that's the main reason they're there. They're not going to be perfect. They're going to miss some calls. The players aren't perfect either. They're going to make mistakes, but that's who we're there to watch. So, like, let's talk about what the players are doing. I just don't understand it. Like, I feel like – I just feel like it's the easiest, like, default comment about a game is to complain about the referees. So, like, whenever I hear people nonstop complain about the referees, I just feel like they have nothing better to say about the game. So – there's my complaint on that. Um, my second one is, Demir, I'm so sorry. No threes and no steals for you. No steals for you instead of no soup for you. Like, you took a three. I don't know why. And then you try you try to, like, way overplay and go for this steal. We know you're not fast enough to get that steal. So know your role. It's not to shoot threes and it's not to try to run up to the top of the key and steal. Like, Get down in the lane and show us some action down there. That this, the threes and the seals are not for you. Um, I've talked about this before too, but just it sometimes it just does it just doesn't make sense to me. I feel like we have the most errant ro- sub rotation I've ever seen, and like I feel like sometimes it's just for the sake of subbing out, and it's not like adjusted to what's actually happening in the game. It's just that like we have at X number of minutes, we're going to pull these people out and put these other ones in. And I just don't get it sometimes. Cause like there was one time that Nana had like literally just made this amazing play. And then the next dead ball, we're going to pull him out. And I'm just like, why? I just don't get it. I just do not get it because <clears throat> Alex and I texted back and forth about this during the game. But 
Like, coming from a player's perspective, like, that really messes with a player's head. It really, really does. And so, even if you know, like, you have a set rotation of these players coming in and out, if one of them makes a really good play, then maybe wait, like, two more possessions to pull them out. Because when you're a player and you don't – you're, like, working up to getting playing time – and you go in and make this amazing like steal and dunk, and then the very next possession you get pulled out. In your head, you're like, "What the fuck, man!" Like I literally just went out there and busted my ass and made a really good play for you. And now you're gonna pull me out. Like I just, yeah. I just feel like a little consideration can be taken into what's what's actually happening on the floor, and maybe wait like one more possession or one more dead ball. I agree. I agree 100% with that. It's just one of those things. It almost feels like it teaches them, like, no matter what I do, good or bad, like, it, it, you know, it's almost like rewarding or uh, not rewarding good behavior because that's not the right word, but, like, it's, like, it's like punishing good plays in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I and it's, it's just all about getting into a flow, too. And so when someone gets in there and they just start warming up and doing well, like, that's not the time to pull them out. That's just my opinion. Take it. For what it is. Um, okay. And I got to complain a little bit on Raw T for today. Just because he's been doing so well lately. And this was not his game. But like he was playing some shitty defense. Like there was several, several like what I call Olay defense. Where you just like step to the side and let your man go straight to the bucket. Um, and it was not a great scoring night for him. Like he was 5 of 13 on field goals. So 38%. And two of nine from the three-point line, 22%. So, I mean, just not <clears throat> just not good field goal percentages. And that's why I bragged in my um, feats of strength on Nigel shooting 70%. You shot 70%. And Raw T was the, the uh, high point a couple games ago. And he's out here shooting 38%, taking... Let's see, twice as many shots as you? I mean, no, Nigel, if you're going to shoot 70%, you need to, you need to be shooting more because we got Raw T over here putting up twice as many shots and not even half of the field goal percentage that you had. Um, which kind of segues into my last grievance. Uh, we're still just not looking great against a zone. Um, refer to my, my point on Rati's field goal percentage and like good outside shooters love a zone, like love a zone. I mean, so it just, it shows, it shows that that's not our strong suit, um, which is something that we got to work on because these people are putting, putting us up against zones cause they know that we're weak against them. We're not, we're just not the best outside shooting team, but a zone provides a lot more open shots. Like, Whenever whenever I played, I mean, I just remember how excited I would get whenever we went over a scouting report and they played a zone because I, I knew that was going to be my night. Like, it was going to be a good night for me. I was going to have a lot of open looks because if we just move the ball around, it was going to come to me and I was going to be open. And we actually run the kind of offense that would be good against the zone if we had a lot of good outside shooters. So, right. um, yeah, totally. hopefully we'll – keep improving on that um so that was the last of my grievances uh so now we got our, our one word to describe the entire game analysis what was yours yeah, Alex no, well yeah I just want to say I ditto on the zone comment that you were making for sure um 
So my one word is, and I mentioned it multiple times in my Beats of Strength, uh, my one word with com- complete, I felt like it was, again, it wasn't a spectacular, outstanding, fantastically <laughs> the best game we've ever played type thing. But I do think it was a complete game. It's the most comp- the most complete game we've played all season. Not saying we um, won't get a, get any better, but we should. I mean, as the season continues, and if they continue on that track of what how they were playing on um, Wednesday night, um, which I hope they do, because I mean, when that game was over, like I could feel, I was like, okay, hopefully that is the catalyst, the thing that like kind of like changes, turns the tides of us struggling during the games. And just really kind of like continue shooting because our next few games are not going to be that easy. You know, after tonight we play UIW and then we start playing teams that are they're not easy. You know, we have uh, Adelaide <coughs> coming soon. We have you know Sam Houston coming up soon. So and these are not games that we can just kind of mm, whatever. You know, so got to make sure that we're ready to go. You know, towards the end of the month, we have, like I said, we have on the 27th of January, we have Abilene Christian. On January 31st, we have Sam Houston. And those are the two teams that are above us right now in the standings. Like, so hopefully we're, again, continuing to approve. So complete game, not the best game ever, but not the worst we've seen this season. Um, but it was a very complete game for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. Um mine was energy and again I wish I would have been there in person to feel it because I know it was like 10 times better than what I felt watching it at home on tv but um I could I could definitely tell that we had a majorly different energy for the that I feel like that's the first time this season that we've really like clicked into place and everyone got to play so that made me even more happy that it was like a win that everyone kind of had at least a little bit of contribution and playing time and felt like they were a part of the team. And I, I just feel like that's, I hope going to make like leaps and bounds for, for where these guys go next. Cause it was just a really, like you said, a complete game, but I, I felt like they had a lot of energy about it. So I was very, very pleased. Totally. Yeah. Totally. All right. So, let us move on to our announcements and questions and comments and all the other random stuff that we kind of usually end with. So, um, as always, do not forget about my plates. So, um, you know, I'm very, very tired. You know why I'm tired, Jacqueline? I'm tired of seeing UT plates. I'm tired of seeing Texas A&M plates. You know, we live in East Texas. We should see more SFA plates. I just don't understand it. Um, and there's SFA alumni all over this great state. So why in the heck are there not more SFA plates on the road? I just don't get it. There should be dozens, hundreds, thousands of SFA plates. But that's what we're here for. We're here to try and remind you guys about these plates. Real fans have my plates. When you buy five-year personalized purple SFA plate from myplates.com, um, SFA Athletics takes in almost $250 from that purchase. I don't think you knew that out there, did you? Probably not. So what a fun and easy way to support your favorite teams, right? SFA makes great money on every type of plate purchase, even every type of plate purchase, even the one-year background only, which is only $50. Cheap, non-committal, 
no long-term commitments. You can change your mind after a year if you so desire. Um, but it's a Stephen F. Awesome way to support your teams. A hundred percent. It's an excellent, excellent way to support mm-hmm. your teams. You can either do one year, three year, five year terms. You can move plates from vehicle to vehicle. It just depends on what you want to do on that front. Um, it's easy to buy. So go to www.myplates.com slash lumberjacks. And you can also get a $50 rebate. It takes only a few minutes to do all this stuff. Really quick, really simple, really easy. If you already have a my plate, maybe a different design, but not the SFA one. Uh, maybe it's just like a cool Texas one or you're cheating on us and you have a different university plate. Yeah. Well, rude, A. B, get yourself your SFA purple plate, ASAP. Just got to call customer service and pay a small restyling fee. And, and you'll have your SFA plates, boom, at your house, ready to go as soon as possible. So just go to, again, www.myplates.com slash laundrojacks and get yourself started on some amazing my plates. We love our plates. They look so pretty and clean. I can't even tell y'all. Like, they just look so nice. I agree. So, so nice. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. So, like I said, we are going to talk just a smidge, just a little tidbit, kind of a brief overview. Nothing too deep and in-depth about the whack, the wickety-whack, the let's get wacky news. Um... So obviously, if unless you've been living under a friggin' rock the past week, um, you'll know that we formally accepted the invite to join the WAC, the Western Athletic Conference. So <coughs> the press conference was held in uh, in Houston at NRG yesterday, um, which was Friday, obviously. Thursday. Yeah. It was Thursday. Thursday. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was Thursday. Okay. Day before yesterday. You're right. My gosh. Again, my days are melting together. (laughs) I don't even know which way is up, which way is down. So, yes, I'm sorry. It was on Thursday. Um, In H-Town at NRG Center, Dr. Gordon was there. Ryan Ivey was there. The other presidents from the other Texas Four, from Sam Houston, from Abilene Christian, from um, Lamar. So, everybody was there. That was critical. Everybody was there. So, um, but Ryan Ivey sent on an email prior, about maybe an hour prior to the conference, the, the, the press conference, that actually explained pretty much everything you needed to know. So if you yeah. missed the press conference, you obviously just, all you had to do is just read that email and it literally said everything you needed to know. Um, and if you didn't get the email, then you can obviously go check out the press release and the explanation on the SFA Athletics website. So long story short, obviously we accepted the invite. A bunch of people are really excited about this move. It was supposed to happen in fall, basically starting fall 2022, but um, in a roundabout way, and I'm going to not say this in the most democratically way possible because it still is irritating to me. um, The Southland Conference schools that are left in the Southland Conference basically met up and voted and said, no, you want to leave so you guys can leave this, this year, basically. So instead of leaving in 2022, giving the Southland Conference plenty of time to find other schools and to give us time to get all of our I's dotted and T's crossed and everything, we're basically joining the WAC in 2021. So in fall of 2021, we will basically, for football, have a WAC conference season. That is the first season. 
which is just insane to me to think about that. So if you're probably sitting there wondering, you know, well, why are there no football schedules out or what are we going to do about this and that and all that? Like, this is all things that like from now until then that they're going to have to figure out. I mean, I'm sure they already had like a schedule kind of almost in place for football potentially in a way. And now they're having to probably redo it all because of quick change. Right. So just be patient with athletics in regards to like whack stuff because from now until literally fall starts like there will be a lot of moving parts i mean think about it how much stuff on every single sfa athletic you know sporting facility says like southland conference on it you know like the courts the all this stuff they're gonna have to change it to whack and i'm sure the whack has their own material and own stuff that they want to put in all the school so it's gonna take a while Oh, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's just the visual stuff that people are going to notice. Like, I can't, I can't even imagine all of the behind the scenes um, things that we've, that we've never noticed as being part of Southland that now the WAC has Mm -hmm. their own, you know, process and procedures and things that that they're going to have to adhere to. Like, it's going to be wild. Oh, oh, for sure. It's it's gonna be like a whirlwind. I I can only my hearts and my 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 T's and P's are gonna be with the athletics department over the next few months, trying to get all that stuff done and ready to go. Um, again, because our original plan was not to leave until twenty twenty two, right? So we were gonna have plenty of time to iron all these things out. But now, because Southland Conference is a bunch of butthurt little bitches, they decided to kick us out early. But big baby, you didn't kick us out. We leaving you. Bye. Bye bye bye. <laughs> We're breaking up with you literally in the words of NSYNC. Bye bye bye. Anyway, so that's what's happening. Uh they also made a quick announcement about Battle of the Piney Woods and that for the foreseeable future, it will always be in Houston at NRG, which has its pros and cons. I know there's a lot of people out there that love it. There's a lot of people out there that absolutely hate it. I'm somewhere in the middle. I would rather obviously be on our campuses just because of how much it would help football being back on our campuses, you know, but also at the same time, it's, it's a nice venue for it. I mean, there's a lot of pluses. You can do like a cool sweet life and do all this stuff at NRG and, you know, it's, it's a good experience for the teams and the players and all this stuff. But yeah, so there's a lot of pros and cons to the, whole thing and basically the guys whoever was speaking from the texans basically said it'll be in houston at nrg until somebody says no we don't want to do this anymore i wonder if there's some kind of compromise they could come to where like maybe it alternated years of being at sfa and at sam and then like every third year it was in houston or something yeah you know i don't know I don't know. I mean, that would that would yeah, satisfy mean, everyone of getting to have it at home. Be a but, great compromise, or it's like, or every five years, it's yeah. you know, it's at Sam, it, or it's yeah. at in Houston, uh, yeah. And obviously, all this goes back to us and our football team and how it's been struggling recently, and then now with Coach Carthel and all the good work that he's been doing. You know, I feel like for the past you know, handful of years, it's, it's been an absolute <clears throat> fire for us on our side at the game because we were always getting our butts kicked. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't fun. And so that's why there's a lot of SFA people that don't go to that game because or, of that. Fact. Or go and just, or go and just get 
completely lit up because yeah, they go and get lit up in the in the tailgate and then don't even come inside. Which again, yeah. nothing wrong with that. What do what you want to do, boo boo? You have to buy a game ticket anyway, so right. I don't see. <laughs> yeah, like you have, to, you have to buy a game ticket anyway to go and even tailgate. So you're basically wasting. I mean, you're wasting money. You're paying to party in the park. I mean, park. that's the SFA way. <laughs> Okay, apparently so. And that's fine. Whatever you want to do, it's your money. But I'm just saying, you're going to buy yeah. a ticket. You might as well go in at least for a half, for God's yeah. sakes. Anyway. Um, so there will be, I know there's been a lot of questions about it too. Again, like we're going to go over this in way more detail than what we're talking about right now. But um, just wanted to kind of, again, touch on it in case you've been living under a rock and haven't seen the a million, billion, gazillion posts on social media. Um, there will be two to two divisions. We will be in the South west division um and then of course there will be a west division at the moment the west division has seven schools at the moment we have in our division six schools there's been talks and chatter of hopefully adding a 14th member to make the divisions even which would be fantastic um just gotta find the right fit a school that actually has football because that would make no sense if you add a school with no football at this point because the the long-term goal for the whack, and again, they're already just from the way that they did the presser, like they're already so much more organized and official and professional than the Southland Conference has been in decades. So, <laughs> the the and all these it's just again all all arrows and all roads are pointing towards like at growth and like opportunity, and I think the end goal is to make the move to FBS eventually. But that's really down the road. That's down. That's down the road. Down the road far. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. But I think that is on the radar of the WAC, and that's eventually what they want to do. And I think that's why they're really wanting, obviously, to get football back and get it strong. And that would be crazy if it went that way. I just gotta tell you right now, that would be nuts, 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 nuts. But we'll see what happens. Um. So to celebrate our move from the shitty Southland Conference to the wickety whack um we made a, another bonfire campaign to celebrate so if you order a t-shirt there's premium and regular uh crew necks and also long sleeve shirts and then also a kid size option as well we did another bonfire campaign to celebrate our shirts and our the design says let's get wacky on it with wac capitalized on it and we've been calling, we've been saying that as soon as it was official, if it ever was official, we were going to make t-shirts and have them say, let's get wacky and sell them. Um, we thought we would be extremely generous and make sure that there were colors on there for all the Texas four schools, just in case they wanted to buy one. I'm not expecting them to, but I threw it on there just in case. Yeah. Um, because again, all the money that we raise goes towards Purple Lights Fund, so... Hell, I don't care. If Sam Houston fans buy a shirt, that's fine. I yeah. don't care. Let them to Purple X Funds. So. Yeah, let them donate. Yeah. yeah, have them donate. Totally fine. So anyway, what are your thoughts on, I know we've talked about it before, Jacqueline, but now that it's official, official, the paperwork is signed, it's happening, it's happening, it's happening. Um, no going back. What do you think? I think, so, well, the quick point that I was going to make, that I'll make now that we'll discuss more in detail, but the the two divisions will really, really help because 
obviously from the get-go that was not explained and so a lot of excessive if we would have been traveling to all those schools I don't think Mm -hmm. that would have been a good decision at all and we already talked about all that Um, but since they have the two divisions they really might as well just call the southwest division the Texas division because it's all the Texas schools Texas schools yeah exactly Um, so playing within that division really won't change um our travel which and the only other point that i would make and we you know we'll do a whole podcast devoted to this but i do think that um ryan's email was like super detailed and i haven't looked at the little microsite yet that they've done but i'm sure it's equally as um informational but uh i think that's all is is fantastic yeah and i think that's all great the only the only complaint that i have is this and i know that ryan made the comment in the email like i've i've referred to this as the worst kept secret whatever Mm -hmm. you know because people were talking about it okay well so since we all admit that it wasn't that great greatly kept secret and people were talking about it from the beginning like if the cat's already out of the bag why not come out with with some of these details earlier on, because I feel like if they already knew people were chattering about it, like the Mm -hmm. division comment would have been a really helpful piece of information for people to understand that what was a seemingly obvious reason that it wouldn't have worked well, it would have like calmed that some, you know? So I don't know. I just feel, and I understand that a lot of the details probably weren't completely set in stone enough. I was about to say it's possible that but, they hadn't made all their choices. But at least but, say yeah. like, hey, the it's not solidified yet, but the mm-hmm. goal and intent here is to make, you could say it very vaguely, is to make divisions based on geography right. to minimize travel and cost. Right. Like that right. would have been so easy. So I just feel like once the cat was out of the bag, we could have, manage some of those but that's just me thinking from like a PR standpoint because that's my background and I also know the the demographic of most of these like local SFA people that we're dealing with the immediate reaction to change especially if it doesn't make immediate sense is like no that's a terrible idea why are we doing that like even yeah. if even if we all know that maybe we've kind of outgrown the Southland and it's not the best fit anymore, it's 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 like the concept of being in a relationship that's like not the best relationship, but you at least know what to expect and you're afraid it's, it's familiar and yeah, and you know you know what to expect. So like you yeah. at least know what you're dealing with. And so I just feel like to tackle that we could have given a little more details. And, and even if they were I, even if they were vague, just to yeah. just to soothe the immediate like knee jerk reactions against it. That's my only thing which because there, which there were a lot of, of immediate. <clears throat> and again, you're totally right, and I'm it, it still bugs me, and I, I I really have to honestly like hold my tongue a lot, or in this case on social media, I'll hold hold my fingers back from typing because there's a lot of people who do have those immediate knee jerk reactions to news like this when they don't have all the facts yet. And then they just start spewing all this, like, well, I cannot believe that we're making this change. And then, you know, what about the budget and all this? I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I, hey, I don't even know who the f- you are. Like, do you, even, do you even give money to this university or to the athletics program? So what is, what is, you, what do you have? You have zero concern or it has nothing to do with you because you don't even give money to the school. Yeah. You know, all you have is a piece of paper that you graduated from the school. You have, you've, you've given nothing else back. So 
you being concerned about our budget all of a sudden, what, okay. And, th- cool. and there are a lot of people who will jump in at the last minute and not have any ownership to be bothered, but you also can't expect, I mean, you can't be surprised that people respawn badly because they don't know stuff when they haven't been given the information, you know? So I yeah. just, I wish, then, I wish we could have given more. I guess more. the thing is now that all the information is out there, I just, if I continue to see it, I, then I will say something. Yeah, that's because true. It is a lot and it's overwhelming. So I wish they would have kind of given more little like breadcrumbs and address things as they came up. But now it's all out there. So hopefully people will not be right. overwhelmed and will take the time yeah. to read it. Because it is I a lot. So, and then, you know, it just is down to the all of us. They were actually informed to be you know, like, no, listen. If you just do a little bit of research and go and click on the sfajacksnews.com and you go read the gosh darn news presser where it says, like, they're going to have divisions, they're going to try and limit travel, obviously. Um, I was like, and first of all, if you are any sort of SFA fan at all, whether it be football or basketball or whatever, you know for god dang well that they've been traveling to other states for games for years. I mean... Well, yeah, but not as, like, regular season conference games. No, but they do travel. I mean, like, SFA football has traveled to, like, Kansas. They've traveled to Montana. They've traveled to for non-conference games. So now that they're in a division, yeah, they're still going to be non-conference games. So that's not going to change. Like, they're still going to have to travel for those just like they have been. Yeah, but if they would have had to travel for the non-conference and the conference, it would have been a lot more traveling. It would, but now that we know that they don't, that's yeah. what I'm saying. People better not continue to make right. Well, one out of mobiles now that they have all the information. Yeah, the last thing I'll say, and I, I hope to see them do something like this, because here's the thing. While they do have that email that has a ton of info and the site that will have a lot of info, we both know people don't read, especially when there's uh-huh. that much stuff. So what I what I would hope to see them do, this would be what I would do, is to sort of run, now that it's out, to run like sort of a campaign, if you will, will of like various, the various uh, high points that kind of address people's complaints um, and do like infographics maybe of like once a week have like, here's a graphic that shows... What will the travel be like in the WAC and, like, show the little divisions and, like, make it a visual, like, focus on certain high points, key points. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, I mean, I'm sure there will be – because, I mean, yeah, there's still a lot of questions that are out there and a lot yeah. of – or a lot of random things that haven't been answered. You know, um, for example, like, what's going to happen to – um, some of the teams that the WAC doesn't have, so like beach volleyball, but again, like at the Southland didn't have that anyway either. Bowling, same thing. So it's just, it's really they're in the same situation that they were in, in right. with the Southland Conference, like bowling, beach volleyball. You know, Southland Conference didn't have those official sports, so those teams were doing other things at different conferences. You know, yeah. so. If nothing has changed, over. again, the everyday fan or the kind of, you know, the, the lethargic kind of once in a while, I'll watch basketball when we're in March Madness fan, um, doesn't pay attention to that stuff. So you're right, like doing yeah. some sort of kind of just infographics or even just, you know, short videos of yeah. 
quick like quick two minute videos of ex- explaining like kind of high points, important details. Because um, again, I'm sure they're trying to all figure this shit out too as it goes. Because yeah. like I said, they were planning on going in 2022, so yeah. they were gonna have all this time to plan all this stuff out. And now they're having to like fucking warp speed it. Yeah. Um, going into fall of 2021, which is going to be wild. You know, there's going to be a lot of moving parts within these next few months. And, um, and then that's just that, I mean, there's other stuff that's going on that they still have to be concerned about. We got to finish out this season, got to get through, you know, finishing up the performance center at basketball. And there's, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. so kind of like to wrap the whack talk up, cause again, we're going to have a whole nother podcast about talking about whack stuff. Because we're going to wait till we have a little bit more maybe info, give it a give it another few days and then try and hopefully, fingers crossed, get a special guest to come on and talk more about it. Someone who maybe knows more of the ins and outs than what Jacqueline and I know, um, just based off of reading the info and watching the new press conferences and stuff. Um, so moving on to kind of like, like more fan questions. So not necessarily a fan question. The first one's more of just like a statement. So um it was actually from from John Treadway. So he had a comment on Twitter. Um, he was basically talking about DeAndre, saying that, quote, I just want to say that Heckard is the most intriguing new player outside of Nana. He explained it this way. And I asked, because I asked, I was like, okay, intriguing how? Like positive intriguing or like negative? Like when you say intriguing, what did you mean by yeah. that? And so he said um, that he's a huge fan of David, but he thinks DeAndre is the better player. He just needs more minutes on the court that he has the swagger, we needed a point guard, he can be a strong ball handler with good vision and has the physicality to bring it on D. I said, okay, well, I'll put your comment on our notes. I was like, and we will discuss it. So, interesting comment, interesting point of view. What do you say on that? I love David too. Um but I, I kind of maybe agree a little bit. I think DeAndre's stronger than David defensively. Um, well, David, I don't know. I, I wish I knew what position he played before he came to us because I kind of think he's, in my mind, more of like a three than a one. Than Are you a talking point about guard. DeAndre or David? David. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know what it was before. I, I don't know. Um, when David's on, David is a better outside shooter than DeAndre. Yeah. Let me say that. But I think as far as a point guard and handling the ball, I have seen, and like I've said, I've seen glimmers of DeAndre where he's done great, and then like the few times that he turns it over, it's like just a really blatantly horrific turnover. Um, but I, I agree with John on the fact that I, I think that's just because he needs more minutes. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll see. Um, I I kind of agree with some of his points. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I will say that as, as he said that, <clears throat> you know, that uh, DeAndre is intriguing. I say that his comment is intriguing because I, I never even thought of it to be fair until he brought it up. And I, you know, and again, I am a big fan of David too. I, like you said, I think when he is on, he's on. I think when his defense is on, his defense is great. Um, you know, he can steal the ball. He can bring the ball out. Um, and when his, when his, when his outside shooting is on, his outside shooting is on like that one game a few weeks ago. I mean, he was just 
cooking those threes like a pound of bacon, man. And but then there's some games where he can't hit a three to save his life. You know, it's, it's very hot and cold with him sometimes. And so I would love to have a more consistent point guard where it's always the same person. Um, or even if it's not the same person, if the person that's point guarding is a consistently good player, are both at least on defense. Um, and then Ken knows how to take the ball out and, you know, obviously – create the plays and assist on the plays because that's really kind of what they're there for for the most part you know what I mean because that's what John did come on yeah yeah when you and think the- about when you think about Johnny it's hard to obviously compare apples to oranges but like when you had someone like Johnny boy out there I mean again he could he could literally have made zero freaking shots zero points but his defense and him bringing the ball up and creating you know the play and and managing the ball, managing the plays on the court, and getting it to the right people to make the obviously to get the points and get the bucket. Like he was, he was great at that. And his deep, and we all know his defense was nuts. Yeah. So, and that's why I say I'm I'm curious if he played point guard before he came to us because that can make it hard too. Not that I'm not saying he's not a good ball handler because I think that he is. But if he, but if he came from a position of playing like just a shooting guard position and not necessarily handling the ball, then transitioning Mm -hmm. to trying to handle the ball can really like take away from your opportunities of shots. And so if he's not getting to put up as many shots during a game, then that would contribute to some inconsistency there. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. Um, And again, and I think remember, I mean, thinking back to when, you know, Johnny boy was hurt. Oh, hold on. Um, people are calling me. So taking it from the path, the, uh, when Johnny Boy was hurt, you know, it was just, it was bad having um, the, all those random guys in there trying to do point guard. It just wasn't the same because they weren't, they weren't point guards. Like they were trying to do the job of John, but it just wasn't looking, it just wasn't good. Um, it wasn't consistent, like I mentioned before. Yeah. Okay. So next one is our little. I, during the game, we I just took a random kind of snap at Kyle because he was like yelling at the refs, and I was just like, he's cracking me the hell up right now. Um. And so I took a picture of him and I put it on Twitter and I said, basically, you know, caption game here. Uh, what do you think, Keller is yelling at the ref right right now or right here in this picture? Um, and so I, we got a lot of cool ones. We got a lot of funny ones. So I figured it'd be funny if Jacqueline and I, I said, hey, best best caption wins our love and admiration. So which one did you think was the best one? So my my favorite that I thought was the funniest was, uh, well, okay, what did, what did John Treadaway's gift say? Because I can't see on the screenshot what it oh, fully said. Okay, um, I think it was like, Sorry. crap, hold on. I think, let me pull up the picture because I think I can remember to make yeah, it out. Yeah, pull, pull um, it up while I read my other one, but... Okay. Um, the one that I thought was fun, was funny was, um, and the, the Twitter <laughs> username is chaos, 
with a handle of Astro's adult, but it's a uh, spoiler oh, alert. It's freaking Gavin. Spoiler alert for anyone who doesn't know, it's it's Gavin Peterson. Um, it's freaking Gavin, yeah. But uh, he says, damn, never knew Mitch had a twin. Because, y'all, if you look at it, like, the ref really does look, like, identical to Coach Mitch. Um, I know. And I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize it until he said that. John's gif was... Like, it's literally just a guy talking on a podcast or something saying, like, what were you thinking? Oh. Yeah. <coughs> okay. Okay, yeah. So, mine, um, I really liked uh, Certified Axeman. His tweet, it said, upgrading conference and refs tomorrow. I thought that was hilarious. Um, and then, I think my honorable honorable mention is uh, Sean Kennedy. When yeah. he said he wasn't up there hanging laundry. What the hell is that tea for? <laughs> that one was funny too. Yeah, that's my honorable. That was my honorable mention. Um, there was a bunch on here that were great. I mean, um, Axem C H E or Chi. I don't know if it's like a just a acronym or if it's I'm supposed to say it out loud. Um, but it's why haven't you eaten a burger from Butcher Boys? Are you out of your mind? That one made me laugh too. That was that funny. Was, that was pretty good. I liked that one as well. There were some good ones on there. There were some good ones. Um, anywho, when's our next game, girl? Oh, wait. <laughs> Today at oh, 6.30. So if there was any confusion, because there was a little confusion on our part, the schedule online still currently says that the guys play at 4.30, but um, I guess that initially was the schedule time, but they changed it. Uh, Alex's calendar didn't update the time. Mine did, so I don't know if there's some problem with... Uh, it updating on Google, um, obviously, but uh, it updated on mine, and they tweeted it. So the game is at 6.30 tonight, and they did um, give a link to stream the game. So we'll see how that works out, because I would rather watch it on the TV than on the computer, but I don't know how that's going to work. So we'll just see. I know. Same. Just see how um, it goes. Yeah, I know. That really annoyed me, because I was like, oh, Jacqueline, like, we'll do our podcast, and then like we'll be done with it right when the game tips off. She goes, what? It starts at 6.30. I'm like... What? Mine says four thirty. So I was just like, I was so. <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute, what? Anyway, so yeah, def- the game's definitely at uh, definitely six thirty, not four thirty. But now so, y'all will have time to listen to this podcast before the game if you so choose, because you're also going to have a pretty big window of empty time because the ladies started playing at three, so they should yeah. be done here shortly. And an update on the girls' game. Actually, I kept getting updates, and right now they're absolutely destroying Incarnate Word 77 to 40. Yikes. Yikes is right. Yeah. 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 The girls, girls, the girls are this year are just absolute bananas. Like, they, they are really are going off. Going off, man. They're on fire. They really are. They're playing fantastic. Congrats to them and Coach Kellogg and, and company. Like, they've just been, they've been literally balls to the wall the entire season so far so okay last wild note before we wrap this up literally my mom just sent me a selfie of her and her cousin at the brewery (laughs) (laughs) what What? okay i'm offended that she didn't call me and invite me i know i'm gonna be like where was alex's invite for this brewery trip um that's funny what is she doing Um, Anyway. Oh, also, no, one more wild note. I just saw this. Uh, Dylan, one of the basketball managers, he tweeted out three hours ago. I don't know why I'm just seeing it now. 
that according to the NCAA website, Cam is one of three players listed as a guard in the country shooting 60% or better. That's awesome. What? That's wild. Wild. Amazing. That's awesome. I did not. Wow. That's freaking awesome. I love that. That is. What a goat. What a goat move. (laughs) That is amazing. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. So don't forget again. Watch the game tonight. 630. There is a link. All you have to do is just go on social media. And uh, I believe. They've put it on Facebook and on uh, the, the tweet they did earlier. So there is multiple links available, or not multiple links, but multiple places you can find the link. Um, and let's just hope it's a good stream. But I know. thank God, this is the last year we got to deal with the crappy streams because at least the WAC has their own digital network and it works great. They have their own app, don't they? Yeah, I okay. uploaded it onto my Roku on Thursday for the and the stream was clear everything was great I think Matt Atkins actually said that he watched a game a whack game like a Dixie State game or something a couple days ago just to like try it out just to see what their digital stuff is like so even if even if the school doesn't have an ESPN contract like we do they can at least get on the digital network and you know you don't have to freaking pay for it as you shouldn't right yeah I'm gonna have to download that I'm over that I won't miss that one bit. I mean, I think it's wild that you have to friggin' pay, you know, seven, eight bucks or whatever it is just to watch a game from your home. I know. And then it seems like even if it's something, if it's like something you sign up for for one month, then you got to like make sure you cancel so you don't get charged again or you start getting email. Like I hate getting emails from these other schools yearly, like because I've now been added to their email list because I paid for one game or something, you know. Completely. A hundred percent agree with you. We'll not um, miss that. I know. All right. I hope everybody has a really great day. Stay safe. Wash your hands, you filthy animals, and we will see you at the next home basketball game with hopefully Jacqueline being in attendance. Yeah, I'm I mean I'm gonna be there whether I feel good or not, like <laughs> Hey, as long I'm gonna as you're be, I'm gonna be past to my quarantine days, so <clears throat> I'll be there. Be there. Fantastic. Okay, everybody have a great day. Watch that game tonight. Go Lumberjacks, and always remember to act some jacks. With Alex and Jacks. <laughs>